This, this is the Rich Eisen Show. Lobs and yes! It's good. DeAndre Ayton scores the basket over the rim and in. DeAndre Ayton put it over the rim and in. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And I think Phoenix should be the favorite to win the title. Ah. Uh. Hold on a second. You gotta pump those brakes. I'll just respectfully disagree with you there. Today's guests broadcasting legend Bob Costas, Emmy Award winning actor Tony Hale, plus your phone calls and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, right here on Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio on NBC Sports on Peacock, and on this Sirius XM radio station, we follow The Dan Patrick Show. Maybe we follow a local show or another show right here on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio uh, station that you are kind enough to tune into. We appreciate all who have their ears and eyes on us. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you, sir? What's up, buddy? Hey, Ben. How are you? Mike Del Tufo, good, good, good to morning. see how you. you? How are you? TJ Jefferson, good to see you on this day. I had a weird night, Rich. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so last did night everybody. Was it was a wild yeah. sports night last night, yeah. an absolutely wild sports night last night, and uh, one of the most amazing plays in the history of the NBA playoffs went down last night, and that is a fact. When uh, when when you include the fact that uh, it, it happened and no time was left on the clock after the ball goes through the basket, normally that does mean that's a buzzer beater. Um, and and usually you do save one of the greatest plays in the history of the NBA playoffs for something that's maybe in the NBA finals or something like that. But um, what a play last night with 0.9 seconds left on the clock. Jay Crowder of the Suns inbounding the ball from uh, just to the left of the basket. It was uh, unbelievable that he looped it up in the air and DeAndre Ayton was right there to jam it through the hole. And... So I've looked at this play over and over and over again from so many different angles. And if Aiton was not there to put the ball in the basket, I think Jay Crowder would have put the ball in the basket. I think it was literally getting set to go through the rim and through the hole all by himself from inbounding the, inbounding the ball. And then the angle from just to his left. So it was to... You know, again, when I say it's the left of the basket, it's looking at the basket. It, it, it was from the left corner, the angle, so it's to Crowder's right. And the angle of Crowder throwing the ball to Aiton, he damn near almost hit the side of the backboard. It was that perfect a looping arc from inbounding the ball. And the other amazing aspect about this, too, looking at it again, in what is now called, I think, our friend from uh, Turner Sports, Matt Weiner, was the first one, at least that I saw on my Twitter feed, calling it the Valley Oop play. Amazing. <laughs> that I, 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 the most amazing part about it was that Aiton um, had, I guess, uh, a neck up, a head up on Zubach. 
who was trying to defend the play because Devin Booker screened Zubach enough, got him off his game enough to give Aiton a much clearer path to putting a finger, a hand on the ball, which he had to do, which I'll get to in a second. And the fact that Booker, Van Gundy called it out too, the fact that Booker put his body in the way of anybody, <laughs> let alone somebody the size of Zubats, when he came back in the game last night looking like Jake LaMotta <laughs> from Raging Bull, like literally he looked like him. I tweeted that out yeah. the minute he came back in the game with gauze stuck up in either nostril because it looks like, and maybe you can keep an eye on this, it looks like he's got a broken nose. That's what it looked like to me. A fractured yeah. face, so he's going to probably wear one of those see-through masks the rest of the way as long as the Suns are still in this. Put it all together. That was one of the most amazing executions of one of the more savvy coaching calls by Monty Williams that you will see because as the Suns know, although Williams wasn't the head coach then, four years ago, Booker was on the floor for when they attempted a similar inbounds to the hole. It was Tyson Chandler was the one who jammed it through the rim four years ago. And we're showing that play against Memphis on our screen right now for our radio listeners. The rule is that if a ball is put over the cylinder and it's not going to count because of from where the ball was thrown towards the cylinder, there's no such thing as goaltending. So you can put your hand above the cylinder and jam it through. Now, under what circumstances will a ball launched towards the rim not be considered as it's being launched a, a shot, shot that would count <laughs> right, right, right. when it's inbounded? Obviously, if you're launching anything towards the rim from the floor, but if you're taking it from the perimeter, from out of bounds and putting it in play, you can goaltend. So every single clipper that was giving the international symbol of goaltending, including Rondo, was screaming, that's that's not going to count at Devin Booker. Booker's like, yeah, well, yeah, four years ago, we know it. it yeah, we know it counts. We know it counts. <laughs> Dwight Howard and the, the Magic attempted it in 2010 successfully. It's been around for a while. Monty Williams knew it. They had it in their in their arsenal. Let's call it. Let's do it. You could even hear it. the NBA TV Twitter account had Monty Williams mic'd up telling DeAndre Ayton and the rest of the Suns in the timeout huddle and circle. DeAndre, you just ha you have to put a hand on it. You just have to you will have to actually put it in the net when Jay throws it up there. If he throws it up there, you have to put it in the net because he knows Crowder can't put it in the net himself from out of bounds. It has to be touched by a member of the Suns. Amazing. And Van Gundy was all over it, too. He knew the rule. He was explaining it in real exactly. time, which was really important because I'm sure a lot of people at home were really confused. No doubt about it. Now here comes the issue. The fact that Monty Williams had an opportunity to huddle up and tell right. everybody what mm -hmm. to do. Right. We are now on the air for eight minutes. 
eight minutes since the beginning of our open to me saying what I just said. We have been on the air for eight minutes, which means we have three more minutes to go for us to match the amount of time it took for the point nine seconds to come off the clock and play enough basketball for the game to be over. Mm -hmm. 11 real actual minutes, the NBA game two of these Western Conference Finals. That's how long it took to play the final point nine seconds. It took 33 minutes to play the final 90 seconds because Patrick Beverly knocked the ball out of Devin Booker's hands and they call it off of Patrick Beverly. But let's review it. And it did brush Booker's hands out of bounds. And the rule is, doesn't matter, even if it's caused the ball being loose by a defensive player. We know what the rule is. It looked so stupid, but no, let's review it and give the ball back to the Clippers. The final shot that was taken before the penultimate final shot, I guess, of the Suns night from the corner, three-point shot. Ball ruled out of bounds off the Clippers, off of Terrence Mann. They took a look at it. The ruling on the court was Suns basketball. Let's take a look at it. And in that, let's take a look at it. Monty Williams is like, let's let's run this play and let's run through it. Because, yeah, even though we've done it in practice, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, now here it is in game competition in the crucible of an NBA game to Western Conference final. Got to walk through it. This is where the inbounds. This is where you could do. Devin Booker, you set the screen. Eight, and you've got to touch it. You couldn't do that if there was no replay and review. And then, after it all happened, and they, they weren't taking a look to see, is it, you can't review whether or not it was goaltending because the rule is there was no goaltending anyway. They were looking at the play to see how much time was left on the clock, and they came up with .7. I don't know how that happened because if you need... I guess it's like you need point three to catch and shoot, and he didn't catch and shoot. He just tipped it, so it can't be more than point three. Let's just go with point two seconds go off. So there's point seven seconds remaining. It took a while to, I guess, do that math, and then what took the longest amount of time was getting the same ten guys back on back the on floor the because there is <laughs> technically no timeout called. It's just an official timeout to right. take a look at the replay but because neither team had a timeout left they by rule can't substitute so whoever's on the floor when Aiton put the ball through the hole has to come back on the floor and obviously this is a different (laughs) set of circumstances for both teams one needing to play defense length of the court one needing to go the length of the court in 0.7 seconds to score a field goal the Clippers were trying to put other guys on on the court and damn near got that past the Scott Foster goalie, but it took forever to figure all that out, which is why right now we're finally having come on the air and surpassed the amount of time it took to play .9 seconds of basketball last Un- night. Unreal. And we're still 20-some-odd minutes shy of matching how long it took to play 90 seconds of basketball last night, and that's just damn unwatchable. So the NBA gets what every sport wants, a seminal moment that gets replayed on phones and YouTube and Instagram and everything, as Mark Cuban's pointing out today on Twitter. Don't pay attention to the ratings because 
the metrics about who's watching what is more digital these days than anything else. Take a look at the NBA's social media numbers compared to other leagues is what he's saying. So the NBA gets that, but then they also get like, come on, how watchable was that? How watchable was that? Not very. It was rough. Especially when I had a a member of the household, the age seven, Uh one in the television for her show. We're like... (laughs) Game's almost over. Yeah. 20 minutes later, Taylor's in. She's like, game's still on? <laughs> <laughs> I know that was low down the totem pole of things of importance to NBA <laughs> officials last night. But it's just like, game's still, like, really? Even a seven-year-old was like, this is impossible. This is impossible, yeah. Wait till I show her the two-minute report later on today. Jeez. Hey, Taylor, sit down. Dad's got a, wants to show you the pool report of what Scott Foster has to say. It just really stinks that like the game is officiated one way <laughs> for 46 minutes, and then the last two minutes, it's right. completely different. It's nutty, yeah. man. It's yeah. nutty. It's, it's not it's, ideal. Uh, here's, the, here's the fix. Here's the fix. From just last night alone, give a team the opportunity to say, we don't, we don't want it reviewed. Now, that might be used in a way that will X out the review that could help another team. But in the case of the Clippers last night, if you codify it in the right way, the Clippers last night could have easily said, all right, it's off us. Let's go. Sun's ball. Inbound it now. Right. Don't give him that. Don't give him that timeout. So if it's, if it's ruled in favor of one team, meaning it was ruled in favor of the Suns. The team who it's ruled against has the right to forego replay. Don't take a look at it if it's out of bounds off of of us. Don't take a look at it. It is off us. It's to our benefit to make the team that just got awarded the ball right now. They've got to try it. If you ask the Clippers last night, there's like a, a slight chance you get the ball back and the game's over with .9 seconds left. Or, more likely than not, calls right. Suns have to go right now and they can't huddle up to come up with a play. What do you think Ty Lue's going to choose? I think he chooses, let's go. Let's play defense. We're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. Let's go. My guys are on the floor. Don't give him an opportunity to call up a play with .9 seconds to go. Let's know. No, no, no. Off Terrence, man. Let's go. Maybe you give it that option to a team that would not be um, that would not be adversely affected by the result of the replay. That's one. And then two, and again, I know this doesn't happen too often, but let's make sure this doesn't happen again. If you put the wrong guys on the floor. It's on you. Yeah. It's not on Scott Foster and the rest of the right. crew to have to go back to the source table for a fourth time and go, who's on the floor again? It's on you. You're the coach. You knew the five that you had on the right. floor. You knew it. And you know what the rule is here. And if you don't know what the rule is, technical foul on you. Right. Ball's coming in. Do you have the right five on the floor, coach? Yeah, I got my five. Do you have the right five on the floor, coach? Yeah, I got my five. And that's it. That's all the ref has to do. The ref doesn't have to keep going back to the scorer's table to figure out who was in and who wasn't. You know? You got Boogie Cousins still standing there on the sideline after shoving Devin Booker, by the way. You know, if he's still standing there, not coming in the game, that's on you, Ty Lue. Technical foul. Right. Now you're down two.
I mean, they should have been up three. I mean, is Paul George going to skate today for making the missing those two free throws? You know what? Uh, You know what? He missed free throws, but he's been so. um, Yeah, I'm going to give. I'm going to let him skate. Okay. They're not in the game without him. He's been amazing. He's been terrific. Yeah, I mean, he's been terrific. And I know you got to make free throws. You got to make. I. uh, We all know that. We all know that. One of eight from three last night. Didn't shoot great. He. I. I mean. And then without Kawhi, they play their first game after getting the Western Conference Finals literally within a day and a day and a half on the road. Tip off at noon. Come on. Uh, I, 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 10 of 23. Yeah, he's not doing his thing. Come on, man. It was a, they, they had it. They, they had it stolen. They had it stolen. I'm not going to give PG We're going 13 overtime crap. if he makes one of one out of two. I, I, mean, I, I, I understand that. As an 85% free throw shooter, I, I, he's, he's got to make those. Yeah, I mean, of course you have to yeah, make them. I understand saying, that. But... He knows he's got to make it. Um, you know, you suck, you stink. No, but I'm I just mean, saying, like, like, he's going to get a pass today because all we want to talk about is, you know, the officiating and the reviews. And but he's been, minutes you obviously did seconds. not read Twitter last night because Pandemic P was in full oh, effect. I saw he that is too. not getting a pass. Everyone loves to get on him. And he's I got not him, getting I got a pass. Him last year in the okay. bubble. I, I, I mean, look, he doesn't man. deserve a pass. I'm just saying. I'm Without, just it with, out. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give him a pass. The fact that they're in the Western Conference Finals after Kawhi goes down, come on. Clippers are playing out of their heads right now. And so are the Suns. Kudos to, to Cameron Payne with 29 points. That, I just, that's the I thing mean, I don't get. That, I'm just, <laughs> he's stepping up. They're, 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 they're FaceTiming Payne. with Chris Paul. We have no idea when the hell he's coming back. Does he have COVID still? Does he not? What's going on? We have no idea. They're playing without Chris Paul. Devin Booker comes back looking like Jake LaMotta. That was incredible. What a night. What a night! But the NBA's got to tighten up the the replay. Yeah. That was that's impossible. Thirty three minutes to play ninety seconds, yeah. eleven minutes to play point nine seconds. Embarrassing. Also, guys, you should not have a finish of a game in ninety seconds where there are as many reviews as field goals scored five. Yeah. Five reviews, five field goals scored in ninety seconds. That's yep. it's 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 too much. And and the ultimate game winning play, the team that was already getting the ball. They already had the ball awarded to him. We're going to take a look. The Clippers should have the opportunity to say, don't look. Don't look. We pass We pass up on you trying to see if we get the ball. We will pass. We'll pass. You know how a team sometimes declines that five-yard penalty, that yeah, purposeful yeah, delay yeah. of yeah. game that a team takes when they're about to punt the ball so they can get five more? No, we're not going to do that. Uh, that's what, that should be instituted in the NBA, we can be helped by this call. We decline. We decline the replay. Make them shoot it now. Do not allow them to huddle up. I think that would be excellent because last night, don't you think the Clippers would have maybe taken that opportunity? Now that you put it the way you just put it, yeah. I never thought about it like that before. Until And then again, teams need to know who is on the floor. It's on them, not the refs to figure it out with some dude who's leaning over. Some NBA or local official leaning over saying, hey, I'm looking down here. I think I know who's on the floor. Plus, as a player, you know you were out there. You know you're out there. Just go back. Don't try and sneak it past the goalie. And if you try to, it's on you, not Scott Foster. Then Scott Foster's going to get lit up today. Which, by the way, is every day. Every Any day. day that ends in Y that he refs. And then the holy hot mess that happened. 
yesterday in Major League Baseball last night with – it took two days. Yesterday we were like, hey, uh, checking pitches, that was kind yeah, of like – as much ado about nothing was actually the headline in our YouTube page from that video. Not yeah, yesterday. Much ado about nothing. <laughs> well, there's something now. And Bob Costas is going to join us at the top of hour number two to talk about it. The brilliant Tony Hale, um, who played Buster Bluth on Arrested Development, Gary Walsh on Veep. He is back on this program. He is the star of The Mysterious Benedict Society that premieres this Friday on Disney+. Plus. Great fare for kids. He plays not one, but two characters. That's what makes you the star of something. And uh, the brilliant Emmy Award winning Tony Hale in hour number three. And you at 844-204-RICH being the number to dial. When we come back, oh, the sticky subject indeed. In Major League Baseball. Nothing on my belt, Rich. I'll show you. I'll take it right off right now. 204 Rich. I'll take it off right now. Number to dial. (laughs) Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed We have four fictional characters, basketball characters, that we're wondering who would make the best NBA draft prospect. First up is the point guard from the Venice Beach locals, uh, Sidney Dean. Great handle, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, somewhat of a trash talker, a little bit of a gym rat, Mm -hmm. uh, but really hustles uh, out on the floor. That's right. uh, The blacktop, really. He's not yet played an indoor game. It's all been outdoors. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, his jump shot may be pushed by the wind to Mm -hmm. go in Mm -hmm. or or to go out. We'll Mm -hmm. see, you know, how he does an, an indoor game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is undersized and tends to over dribble a little bit. 
and uh, and he also tends to hustle in a in a negative fashion. But he has played <laughs> against quality competition, including Freeman Williams, uh, Nigel Miguel, who played at UCLA. Marcus Johnson was in that movie, yeah. and then Gary Moeller, who played at uh, UC Santa Barbara, whose dad pitched for the Dodgers, Joe Moeller. <laughs> Next up is is from uh, Hickory High School, uh, shooting guard Jimmy Chitwood. Jimmy Chitwood, spot-up shooter, uh, uh, tends to demand the ball, uh, especially in huddles. Uh, He'll make his teammates better, although not particularly supportive of Ollie uh, when he uh, took that free throw, those free throws at the end of the game. The uh, the underhanded free throws against Cedar Knob was the opponent, and uh, who doesn't enjoy saying Cedar Knob on national radio? Uh, the problem, he's he's not always motivated, and uh, Jimmy Chitwood tends to get a little chummy with the alumni, and I think a little questionable relationship with his teacher, Barbara Hershey. Wow, I think that's a whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. But, okay, uh, that's a red I, flag. I, I liken him to Clay Thompson with uh, without the defense. Okay, and, uh, next up, another high schooler from Carver High. Uh, center Warren Coolidge. Physically imposing, uh, rebounds at a high level, was coached by uh, an NBA player, Ken Reeves, who had a wonderful <laughs> fictional career with the uh, Chicago Bulls before getting injured. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, a fantastic locker room singing voice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, reminds you a lot of Ben Wallace with uh, with sort of a Barry White voice. The, the problem is, you know, tends to be a little unmotivated yep. and wasn't necessarily the best player uh, on that show. Uh, Wolf Perry was on that show uh, who played at Stanford. And then uh, you may not know this, but uh, Jay Billis was once on that show. Oh! All right, last one for you. Uh, this is a, he, he plays tons of position, guard, forward, and center from Beacon Hills High School, uh, Teen Wolf. Jay, what do you think about his uh, abilities? Teen here? Wolf, who Whose name uh, in the film was Scott Howard mm-hmm. uh, when he wasn't uh, wasn't a wolf. Um, great vertical leap, plays above the rim. Uh, I think you could refer to him uh, literally and figuratively as a beast. Uh, only five three, but plays much bigger. Yep. Uh, the problem is he comes from a small town in Nebraska, so he'd have to cut family ties. Mm. Uh, and then wow. he's uh, occasionally violent, although his hair is perfect. <laughs> Take note, Detroit Pistons, owners of the first overall pick of the draft. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on NBC Sports on Peacock and here on uh, – this radio station, either satellite terrestrial or you're listening to us on Odyssey. We appreciate you if you're streaming us live, uh, wherever you are. What a holy hot mess in Major League Baseball. Uh, it, day one, we're like, yeah, you know, this went well. I mean, pitchers got uh, checked. They got checked coming off of uh, off the mound. It was interesting that they did do it in full view uh, where umpires met the pitcher as soon as they crossed the the uh, foul line on the way, their way back to the dugout. They would be met by a, an umpire or two, and they'd hand over a hat and a glove, and a couple of them would open up their belt buckles to see is there anything that's underneath their belt buckle, and that would be the end of that. Uh, and then uh, last night happened. Last night happened where we saw uh, two instances that went viral. One, because uh, an all-star future Hall of Fame pitcher was checked not once, not twice, but three times. The third time was the charm. And then there was a reliever uh, in um, for the Oakland Athletics last night who was so pissed off about it that uh, he threw down his hat, threw down his glove, and Sergio Romo then dropped his pants sort of, you know, like Steve Lyons. Like Steve Lyons. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like psycho style. He went psycho. He dropped his pants. Which means 
this venture of checking for foreign substances of Major League Baseball has turned into a figurative and literal burlesque show. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, last night, UTJ Jefferson set the Max Scherzer moment <laughs> at the mound of him opening up his pants and, you know, beginning to take it off uh, to strip stripper music, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, I just went on YouTube and I hit strip music. I typed that in and it was the song I was looking for. Right. Yeah. Well, you called, you called a Mad Max. Normally, normally I don't, I don't, you know, um, critique or punch up your copy. You're, uh-huh. you're, you're terrific as the Rich Eisen social media grand maester. Anyway, I would have gone with Magic Max. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, and maybe taken a song like the one that Manganello did his striptease to in the convenience store in, in uh, Magic Mike 2. Pony by Genuine. You know what I mean? Like that could, have been, that could have been something. I mean, as long as you're just ripping off commercial music. Well, just for the, the record here, it was initially Magic Max and yes. then the tweet wouldn't send you. You ever have that sometimes? You got to like redo the tweet. And oh. I think the second time I wrote Mad Max. Okay. So, yeah. All right. All yeah. good. That's a believable tale. That's believable. I buy it. And the reason why Scherzer was so pissed <laughs> is because he was checked once. Wait a minute, Rich. It is Magic Max. Oh, is it? Yeah, that one did go through. Okay, I just double checked. Hey, good job, TJ. <laughs> I thought I saw Mad Max last night. But anyway, long story short, is not only was he checked once, and then twice by the umpires. I don't know how many pitchers have been checked twice in the same game yet. Again, I don't see everything. Certainly nobody of his stature. Right? Cole was checked, I believe, a couple of times last night by the umpire and crew in Yankee Stadium. But then comes the aspect of this that we didn't see, I don't believe, in day one. It took two days for this to happen. Umpire asking, uh, a manager asking umpire to check the pitcher. That's part of these new rules as well. That the Major League Baseball front office is allowing the managers to request the umpires give a pitcher a once-over. And the difference between that and what we've seen with, well, pitcher's done with an inning, strolling back to the dugout. There's a couple of minutes in between, you know, innings anyway. So we're using that downtime. We're not extending the game by getting these guys checked. We're also not doing it during an inning, which is pretty damn provocative because you're busting up the flow. You are delaying the game. You are also taking the pitcher out of the competitive moment and putting him into the TSA of the MLB before giving him the clear. (laughs) (laughs) So when a manager says to the umps, check him out, and then they do it on the spot, like, say, with a runner on in a one-run game in the fourth inning? Well, then that's pretty damn provocative. And when Max Scherzer starts throwing his hat down and his glove out and then starts taking his pants off, you can understand what the hell he's pissed off about. Now, part of me thinks this has all been brought on 
by the pitchers themselves. Not everyone was doing it, but enough were doing it with substances like spider tack. Once again, people should Google this thing. People who won't Google this thing are either baseball fans or pitchers or people in baseball who want to have their heads in the sand or you're a general contractor and you know what that stuff is because you use it to glue cinder blocks together to build things, (laughs) not like get a better grip on a baseball. Where Michael Kay was on Monday's show, the voice of the Yankees on, yes, saying that during the pandemic last year, you could tell who was using spider attack and who wasn't because there were no fans in there. And the sound of the fingers on the baseball and the baseball leaving the fingers sounded like Velcro being ripped open. So baseball knew this stuff was happening during the pandemic year. Everybody knew it was happening during the pandemic year. And baseball brought this on themselves by saying at the beginning of this year, apparently, look, we're just going to work. We know it. We're going to investigate it. We're going to look at it. And here's your new baseball that's a little bit different than the year before. Only sport that (laughs) where the actual ball that's being used is different than the year before by feel, by makeup. You imagine if, if, if hockey used a different puck. Could you imagine if <laughs> if football said, you know, the balls this year are going to be X, Y, and Z different? But at any rate, so baseball set the stage, and then pitchers just, you know, figuring out we're not going to get popped for it this year. We'll figure it out next year. I'm in my arbitration year. I'm in my walk year. I need to stay up out of the minors, I'll put this spider tech stuff on or have the clubhouse guy come up with some sort of construct knowing that if you mix it with Coca-Cola or something or you mix it with, you know, baby powder and you come up with some sort of goo and you heat it up and you just put it right on the bill of your cap, you put it right on the side of your glove, I'll just go right to the glove in front of everybody. I'll do that. So part of me thinks, you brought this on yourselves. And then part of me thinks, what the hell is baseball doing? In front of everybody. In front of everybody. We're going we're gonna to show in front of everybody after giving them the grace period. They gave these players a grace period saying it's coming. So get used to using nothing. So they gave them a couple weeks. And apparently they even went to some of these players and teams and say, we've got video. We know it's you. So you better be the ones who are on the up and up when we start checking for this stuff. And we're going to start checking for it in front of everybody. And now you've got pitchers who are pissed off. And now you've got managers like Joe Girardi seeing somebody's going to their hair like Scherzer, and then asking the managers, asking the uh, umpires to check him out in the middle of an inning, and the umpires say, okay. This is what Girardi had to say last night after the game. I've seen Max a long time, since 2010. Um, Obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, But I've never seen him wipe his head like he was doing tonight, ever. Um, Going like this, right? So... It was suspicious for me. He did it about four or five times. Um, it was suspicious. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I just got to do what's right for our club. But he's a former catcher. He knows the reason why Scherzer's most likely going to his head is because he's got nothing on the mound other than a rosin bag now. These guys need to grip the baseball in a manner that they – Got to have something to grip the baseball. They can't go total cold turkey, so they're using the rosin bag, and they need some sort of moisture to mix with it to get a better grip. He knows that. 
So he's going to his head thinking, what, he's got some sort of spider tack up there or some sort of sticky substance up there? And he goes to his hat because he's going to his hair and he's putting his new hat that he's probably never pitched in more than just once back on his head. Which is exactly what Scherzer said after the game last night. For me, it's you know kind of confusing. Um, if you watch the bomb at bat, um, I mean, I just I almost put a ninety-five mile an hour fastball on his head because the ball slipped out of my hand. Um, you know, the whole night I was sick of kind of licking my fingers and tasting rosin the whole night. So the only part I couldn't even get sweat from the back of my head because it wasn't a really a warm night. Um, so for me, I, the only part that was sweaty on me was actually my hair. Um, so I had to take off my hat to be able to try to get any type of, uh, you know, try to get some type of moisture on my hand uh, to try to, you know, mix with the mix with the rosin. And so, um, you know, for me, that's that's the confusing part is I'm just trying to get a grip of the ball. And you can even watching that previous bat, the ball slipped out of my hand, almost drilled something in the face. It wasn't a warm night's night. So the back of my neck really wasn't that sweaty uh, when I tried to get there. Um, and so for me, the only part, the only body part that actually had enough sweat on it was my hair. So, um, you know, that's fortunate tonight, but I mean, th- this is going to be dangerous when, you know, you're in a cold game and you have no sweat. Uh, what will we do then? These are Manford rules. I mean, go ask him you know, what he wants to do with this. I- I- I've said enough, you know, go, lose- go ask Alec Baum how he feels about 95 at his face. I-, I don't need to say anything more about this. That sounds like a guy Ooh. also who's the uh, one of the more powerful player reps for the Major League Baseball Players Association on their executive subcommittee. Talking about the commissioner Rob Manfred, because now we got we got pitcher we 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 got pitchers who are going to the Hall of Fame getting checked three times in a game, once by a manager who thinks he's got something going on inside his hat. This is already when we're worried about sign stealing. And whether there's an exit velocity and whether there's a shift on that's proper. And then there's the spin rate that we're looking at because they're not using stuff. And are they really using stuff by going to their hat? And let me call it out and let me be a home plate umpire who's got to have stuff thrown at me because the pitchers are pissed off. And then Kevin Long, former Yankee hitting coach, who's now at the, the uh, Nationals, is screaming curse words at Girardi. That's who he was coming out to speak to by the way, in the fifth inning. He wasn't going after Scherzer. Scherzer was staring at him, not in the inning where he was checked, but the inning after that. I guess he was steaming enough about it. And then Girardi, Scherzer's staring at Girardi, who's in coming out of the dugout, and he gets ejected because that is a provocative act to literally get on the field. Yeah, like, are you trying to fight, Joe? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Let's I know go. that your, your former colleague from the Yankees is cursing at you. You know what you're doing is a provocative act. You're you're breaking up the inning and the concentration and the flow. Clayton Kershaw, the Dodgers, after seeing this last night, said that a manager should be penalized for asking for a pitcher to be checked and the pitcher doesn't get caught with anything. That's an interesting idea. Maybe there's a, a strike added to the count. If you're going to bust up an inning and say, check this guy with my batter at the plate, and there's nothing, the one-on-one counts now one and two. Maybe that'll stop somebody. Certainly because we don't know what the rules are, basically. Certainly as fans. We're just, I guess, supposed to Google it. And how many times can it, could Girardi have come out the next inning and done it again? Is, can he do it to the next reliever and the reliever after that, right in the middle of, a, of an, hey, it's the ALCS. ALCS. I think the guys went to his hat. He went to this. He went to that. 
Let's bust it up right in the middle of the sixth inning. Let's check him out. And then the pitcher takes his pants down in front of the whole country? That's what we got right now? Here's the answer. Get in the room with the players and the pitchers and come up with something you put on the mound. The pitchers can use it. They feel like they've got a good grip. They're not going to get hurt. They feel like they're not going to kill somebody because something's out of hand. Managers aren't put in a position of looking like they're pulling a fast one to break up somebody's rhythm. They're also not staring at a pitcher to see if they're going to their sweat head. Umpires don't feel like they're TSA agents and they're getting stuff angrily thrown at them. Did you see? I think one of the I think one of the umpires literally touched Max Scherzer's head last night. <laughs> In a pandemic, we're gonna reach over to somebody's sweaty head and paw it. I think that happened. And we're going to do this in front of the cameras. We're going to do this to a future Hall of Fame pitcher. We're going to do this to managers. And we're going to do this to the umpires. And pitchers brought on themselves because they couldn't stay away from the stupid spider tack. Couldn't leave well enough alone. Yeah, all they had to do was keep using rosin, sunscreen, and pine tar like they had for 50 years. Whatever that is, put it on like some sort of... Men in stick, right? Some sort of or like, a rag or, or just something, something and just leave it on the put mound. Put it on the mound. And a pitcher can go to it. Right. And then we're done with this. We're done. It's over. Why are we making a big show of it? Because the players don't trust management and the management folks don't want to involve the players. That's the only rational explanation that I'm seeing, which is why I'm saying this is bad not just for last night when we see Sergio Romo's skivvies. Great <laughs> fantasy team name, by Good the way. fantasy name, yeah. And we're seeing Joe Girardi puffing his chest out. By the way, at least <laughs> someone from Philly is willing to take a shot. Hey, and then, oh, and yeah, and I'm feeling it. Hey. I'm feeling it. <laughs> you don't see umpires feeling the need to touch somebody's head. And we're not sitting at home. And my kids are not sitting wondering. Well, they're getting checked out again, Dad. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks and Spider Tack and Spin Rate. I don't care. Take me out to the shift. Take me out to the third baseman standing in short right field. That's good. I'm going to redo this song. Hold on a second. Seriously. Willie, you know what? Uh, Willie, Mickey, the Duke, and spin rate. What the hell are we doing? I just want to go back to the times where I open up my baseball cards and I see that piece of gum in the middle and I'm like, I'm going to chew it. Oh, my God, my tooth's broken. <laughs> oh, and I wonder Franco rookie. And I watch somebody tonight. <laughs> and I know pitchers were putting crap on a baseball and I know bat- batters were, were juicing a bat. I get it. But this is out of hand. It's out of hand. I just want to focus on the game. Yeah. And Girardi just writes another thing down in his binder so he knows the next time in the seventh inning when there's two outs and there's the spin rate and exit velocity and the guy's been three times through the order and we got to put the shift on. We got to make sure that um, last night Garrett Cole looked in his hat. 
You know what Cooper said to me? He goes, does he have something in there, Dad? That's what my 10-year-old said. I'm like, no, Dad. I'm like, yeah, he has something in there. It's not something he's putting on the baseball. It's a certain number code. He held up the number three. You know what he said to me? Cole looked in his hat. Does he have something in his hat, Dad? Well, he does. It's a number code. Why is he holding up three? Why would he tell him what the batter, what pitch is coming? No, he's turning to the catcher to say we're on sign style number right. three because right. they don't want to cheat. They want the person behind them cheating right. because a couple years ago they were using Apple Watches and they were using Theraguns on, on benches. And I'm like, holy crap. And it's too bad because there was a lot of awesomeness in Major League Baseball last Dude. night. But we're only going to be talking about this well, at anyone that nationally. Kid Franco hitting a three-run jack, a 20-year-old with yeah. his dad's in the stands and all that. It's just, okay. I'm going to take a break and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm so hot about this. Costas is going to join me to calm me down. Bob, call in now and give me a hug. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's somebody on Twitter, and it could be Bob, at real underscore Bob Costas. Then you read the Twitter bio and you begin to think something could be up because it says former NBC Sports broadcaster, 21-time Emmy Award winner, 11-time Olympic host, president and sole member of the BCFC Bob Costas Fan Club. (laughs) Doesn't sound like Bob. No. So I wanted to make sure that we're all buttoned up and inviting here on the Rich Eisen Show to discuss this very subject is none other than the real, actual 100% 100% authentic, Bob Costas. How are you, Bob? 
I'm good, Rich. Late last night, and then again this morning when I woke up, <laughs> dozens of texts, some claiming it must be real, some saying this can't be true. Yes. And one said, this is the best indication that hell has frozen over <laughs> since the 04 Red Sox or the 2016 Cubs. <laughs> but I am here to assure you and everybody else yes. that the fires of hell are still very much blazing because I am absolutely not on Twitter. They have taken the bogus account down. And I began thinking, you know, what would actually, what would I have to do before I ever deigned to be on Twitter? What? Like binge watch the real housewives of Orange County? <laughs> Make a return trip to Sochi just for the nostalgia of a pink eye episode? <laughs> Star in a school to basketball? Or... Or just for you, just for you, Rich. Yes, Bob. Make a special trip to the NFL Combine. <laughs> All those things will happen before I'm ever on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, a prequel to basketball would be pretty epic. Prequel. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have to admit that. So the Zucker brothers asked me to do a sequel, especially with Al Michaels at my side. Yes. The basketball. It must it must be done. I All right, it there you go. Public. Okay, so this is the real Bob Costas. We can okay. confirm oh, that oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Twitter needs that. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, of all the things in the world. Uh, I, <laughs> so did you did you did you uh your son uh, tweeted it out that this is not you. When I saw the the first screen grab that that Keith sent to me, yes. One tip off should be: look, I'm a reasonably humble and self effacing guy. Yes. But would I knowingly shortchange myself seven Emmys? <laughs> the guy couldn't even get the number of Emmys right. Exactly. I said that. I said twenty one seems a little light. Right. You got to pull a scam. Get your ducks in a row. <laughs> That might have been Costas's most virtuoso appearance. Pretty great. And he's had many on this show, and he's about to have another. Bob Costas will join us in about 10 minutes' time to talk about what is going on in Major League Baseball. You know, our one of our uh, <clears throat> favorite sports to talk about. I mean, you know what I mean? We, we, we love baseball here. Please love understand baseball. that. We that part of the reason why I'm yeah. so hot is... Is because it's my first love. Yes. Baseball Same. is my first one hundred percent. You know, and I know it's it's a rivalry. It's now you know Nationals Phillies tune in, and you know the Nationals are, are 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 tweeted this out last night. You see this Scherzer's line. Max Scherzer was filthy tonight, and then parentheses we triple checked. <laughs> but there's a shot of him with his hat off. I mean, and that's that's. His hat off, looking like okay. Check me out. Like he won't give the the umpires the. He won't look them in the eye. Right. He's like, okay, check me out. You know, I'm only going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and his spin rate was down. His spin rate was down. I was talk about whose spin rates are down. His spin rate. His velocity was up, and he got the win. I mean, I don't, I, I I just don't think we're gonna see people turn in like the. Like the the carriage is going to turn into the pumpkin, right? Are we going to see that? Will we see like one of these monsters? Like everyone's looking at Cole and Bauer and and who else is like in in the in the crosshairs of something like this? 
Well, Great. now that Glass now's hurt, he's not out there. Right. So, but I think so he or would some be of the relievers, yeah. like we'll see. Like, are people suddenly now going to be like Steve Blass? Like they can't pitch anymore. Like they can't find the plate anymore. Like, is that what we're going to see? I think we're going to see more scoring. Which is well, that's good. That's what is, we want to see. Good. We, we, want see. More, we want more action. We want more action. Although, you know, I I texted you last night. I'll share this exchange that I had with you. That you know, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, and I'm watching the Rays and the Red Sox. Yep. And I want. Is it possible that both of these teams can lose? No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not. Sorry. One will have to win. Sorry, bud. And uh, I I I just watched with. It just infuriates me. I watched as the the Rays started a reliever. They started their opener last night. Opener. And their starting pitcher struck out the first guy, walked the second guy. And as soon as he walked, was it uh it was Wandy Franco, right? Is that who uh, it was? Wander Franco Wander Franco, right? Well he bats he for batted, he batted second for yeah, the Rays. He, he's for the Rays. Oh, pardon me. That's yeah. right. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going there. He watched he, he, the the Rays opener struck out the first guy walked the second guy yeah see so walked verdugo that's who it was right and then all of a sudden uh kevin cash gets a reliever up yeah because his Martinez, real starter his right. real starter is going to start the second and go you know go the the in his mind second through the fifth before then he turns the pen and goes he's fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth yeah yarborough and uh so first guy strikes out second guy walks Get the get the bullpen warmed up, and you know, I'm I'm watching this, and third guy up was it Bogarts? I think uh, JD Martinez hits third. He lines out, and it's the first ball put in play of the game. And I thought to myself, this is just awful. This is not the way it's supposed to go. And then the race scored two times in the bottom of the first. I don't think. Put the ball out of the infield either. A couple of infield hits, a couple of errors. You, we, you had, know, we had a few errors. Booting the yeah. ball around and around. a couple walks. And, and yeah. I'm like, this is not. And 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 suddenly they're they're fist pounding. Yeah. We're up to nothing, and we got we didn't even have to start anybody tonight. I hate that. I hate it. It is not baseball. It is just boiling it down to what, just just grinding it down to the number of who can do what. For how long? Against whom? All right, they're going to invariably have this guy third and fourth. We're going to start this guy because he can do well against those first four. Then we'll have this guy come in, and then that guy will come in in the fifth, sixth, and it just doesn't even go along with. You know, it's it's it would be like if it's the NFL. It's the first ninety scripted. Doesn't matter what we see. <laughs> first ninety. You know what I mean? Like we're going to go the first ninety plays. They're all going to be scripted. <laughs> we're going to script every last thing. Screw it. Because we know what the numbers might be and who might be out there. And forget about down and distance. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Do I need to make this play because I've got somebody doing this X, Y, and Z because of of feeling the game? I can't stand it. How do you legislate it out because it's never going to get better? Uh, Nope. Right? Nope. (laughs) And to try and get over that, we're just going to shift you and spider tack you. And Apple watch you instead of just on the pitcher, on the hitter, throw it. I'm going to hit it. And when it does come down to it, it does look like that's what it is. But deep down, there's so much crap going on behind the scenes. So much going on. Yeah, it's 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 tough to watch. But I watch the Yankees tonight. I can't quit it. 
Can't quit it. No, I'm Bob Costas joining us the next hour here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't you dare move. And your phone calls, too. Okay, so I have... Am rid- I, am I, ra- I mean, I don't want to come in here and rail against society. No, I mean, but, we, but- we, we're mad and we rail because we care so much. And we want it to be fixed. We want it to be the game that we fell in love with. You know, rectified. Don't 30, use that. Not fixed. We want it to be rectified. rectified. 30, 40 years ago. Sorry. Right. All right, in that vein, I have rewritten Take Me Out to the Ballgame. Oh, you have? Okay, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. So it's like, it's now uh, middle of the seventh. Middle of the seventh. Here we go. Okay. Take all the fun from the ballgame. Take the joy from the crowd. Get me some spin rate with spider tack. Okay. Cause I'm afraid you'll get beaned in the back, but let's root, root, root for more strikeouts. The game's not boring enough. Ooh. First, it's one, two, three checks off the mound. Let's make watching the game oh so tough. Thank you. Good Thank job, you. Brockman. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I'll use some spider attack because it's my arbitration year. <laughs> I want to get paid in full. <laughs> because I've got some guy who only cares about exit velocity and strikes out five times. His name is Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> That's true, though. That's actually not true. <laughs> Again, we love baseball more than more than maybe any other show. We do, we do, we do, we do. I watch two games a night. Like we do, we do. Uh, but we all still dislike Joe West intensely. <laughs> is Joe West the Scott Foster of Major League Baseball, or is it the? Well, I mean, he's dude. He is. Just think about how many games he's umpired. Honestly, really, it's like a Supreme Court justice. Doesn't matter. It's he's there forever. 40 years, right? For life. <laughs> like the NWO, the man. It's for life. He was one of the umpires who argued with Enrico Palazzo. That's <laughs> yes. how long he's been around. <laughs> Joe West Palazzo. was in the naked gun. He was in the naked gun. He was gun. one of the umpires who got Crescioni in a rundown. <laughs> he joined the National League in 76. He was there when Reggie <laughs> tried to kill the Queen. That's how long he's been at it. <laughs> Good new lyrics, Chris. Thank you.